Hey, Raja. Happy 2019. Hey, Mom. Happy 2019 to you. How you been? I'm um here. I just came off vacation from work, 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 work. But um, we're back for another episode of Talking Brown Sugar. Talking Brown Sugar. How are you doing, Mom? Doing pretty good. It's raining again on this Friday. Yes, it is crazy. It is another raining Friday. What's going on? Well, we're going to do our recap. Yes. Thank you to everybody who tuned in last week for our Facebook Live. We went live for a mini version of Talking Brown Sugar where we discussed what? Um, Andrew Johnson, the little wrestler that had his dreads removed, cut by a referee. Yes, the referee forced him to either forfeit the match or cut his dreads. And so a trainer... Um, cut his hair with gloves as if his hair was dirty. But um, Andrew Johnson was a black young male. The referee was white with the history of just being a racist douche. Um, we also talked about how black hair is politicized. Yeah, how we can change our hair, how we spend our money to do our hair, buying weaves, perms, hair color. But it's, we're speaking for ourselves. It speaks for us. Yes, it's a different way to express our identity, but also like the history of how black hair was used to communicate other kinds of messages and um, just a point of strength in general. But yes. I'm Angela the mom. I'm Roger the daughter. And this is Talking Brown Sugar. Sugar brown honey butch. You know that I love you. I love you. Can't help myself. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I don't know the either. But yes, welcome to the show. We're going to move on into the Sugar Bowl, where we have our random thoughts. Mom, you have any random thoughts you want to bring up today? Yes, I do. Let's talk about this. Hmm. Going to the bathroom. You know the shoes. It could be at your office, your business, restaurant. You see the same person. But guess what? They didn't wash their hands. And they want to offer you some candy. They want to give you dap. They want to borrow your pencil. They might want to even use your keyboard. Or you see them shaking hands with somebody else in the office or just in the restaurant. You see they have on uniform. And they're serving your food with a smile. And sanitizer, that liquid stuff, no. I need to hear that water and that soap. Squish, 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 squish. Wash those hands. Kill those germs. What do you feel about that? I just think it's gross. Uh, how are you a grown person that washes your hand after you use the bathroom? I don't care if you didn't have to touch your junk. If you're a person with some hang down, with a hang down. Um, I've heard that excuse. <laughs> Just because you got a hang down and you have to touch it. You went to the bathroom. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Everybody, wash your hands when you come out of the bathroom. That's what I'm talking about. Wash your hands. You want me to wash my hands? Make you think. Where will these germs come from? Hepatitis. Nobody wants to get sick. Please wash your hands. Um, yes. The only thing I was thinking about recently, my random thought, um, I'm just a little torn about some decor. 
options I've seen in different places. It fits under the rustic, um, southern comfort kind of decor, and it's cotton. How do you feel about using or having like paintings or different little um, items placed in your house that you know have cotton like imagery or they actually have like little cotton balls that sh- are you know made into the actual way cotton looks would you have that in your home as long as i'm living <laughs> and the day i die we're not having no cotton not picking it not studying it i think it's degrading i mean i understand the concept of it but that's not a design I know I, I'm a little conflicted because um, I remember just being at Hobby Lobby one time. We um, were looking at some stuff. Um, this was with a former boss. We were looking at some stuff, and there were some cute items that had cotton in it. But I personally just I couldn't justify that, that purchase for myself. I mean, but some of the items were cute. But considering the history, nah, like it was a hard pass. Um, yeah, just a hard pass. But I was thinking about how, you know, sharecroppers, how they still had pride in being people who sold and, you know, raised cotton and sold cotton. Um, but that would be the only piece that I could kind of see it working, but no. At the end of the day, no. At the end of the day, never for me because it represents so much. I mean, people are going to make money and somebody else is going to like what I don't like. But for me, I'm, I couldn't disrespect my ancestors with that in my household. We wear cotton, you know, but we got to have something. We use cotton for personal use, sanitary use, but that's a different level. So you wouldn't have in your home? Nope, not at all. I feel you, I feel you. Um, if you have some random thoughts that you've jotted down but have yet to express with the world and would like for us to feature them, email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com with the subject line random thoughts and let us have a peek into your brain. Let's move on to more show. All right, Sugar Cubes, the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup. Um, My topic today is New York City Gender X birth certificates. It's coming from fox5newyork.com. Um, the law begins this year. New York City residents are about to have a new option for demoting gender. On the birth certificate, gender X, a law allowing the choice of X that affects the measure and pass early this year. It allows people to choose their birth certificate to put an X for the gender that will reflect against their true gender identity. Parents also can choose X for their newborns. Some states following the same idea is California. Washington State joining New York. And coming soon, it will be New Jersey in February of this year. To have this option of undetectable 
gender options on the birth certificate, a similar provision that affects the people of New York and the other states that I mentioned. In 2014, New York City eliminated a policy that allowed birth certificate gender changes only if people underwent gender reassignment surgery. How do you feel about that? I think it's a step towards some more progress um, because, you know, we have multiple um, sexual identities and other gender identities. It's not just binary. Um, I think it's a good idea to start with. I'd like to see this in the other 50 states. I do, too, but I just hope they don't get in trouble with it or somebody steals somebody's birth certificate and try to blend it in some kind of dumb fashion and use it against them. But it, it could work. Yes, that's what we just need to have, uh, like you said, those different policy and additional policy changes to support the change across the board. Um because, you know, some people can argue, well, how are we going to uh, count people who have gender X or identify as gender X or different genders, you know, in the census or whatever? The same way the census, the census has the options, you can check off for male or female, they can just add, add and add and add. Just keep adding to the list. Then when, when, how often do we check the census every 10 years? That's enough time. A whole, whole lot of X's. A whole lot of X's going on. I'm saying for them to figure out and make an inclusive survey. We got time. Add them them in there. Yeah, that's what I think. That was good choices. Now for my next report. Wonderful lady, Miss Selma H. Burke. This comes from African American Registry. She was an American sculptor. She was born in Marsville, North Carolina, which is located in Charlotte. She attended Winston-Salem University. She also became a nurse. Um, She was uh, a part of the Black Renaissance movement, and she's a great artist. Miss Brooks was a gifted artist with many accomplishments, traveled to Europe, France, and Austria. She has a master's degree in the arts she had received it from Columbia University. 1942, she joined the Navy. She enrolled. She was the first African-American woman. Miss Selma Burke was commissioned to do a bronze bust of the president, Franklin D., which is Delano Roosevelt, which has inspired the profile. And they accommodated her by the mint, and they was impressed of her work from the bronze and this, the sculpture she did. Now, check this out, which is currently on the U.S. dime. We should never forget her. When she holds this dime in, in her hand, I'm quite sure she's remembering how it must felt for many people to not even know that she did it. Her last monumental work is a statue that graces in Marshall Park, which is in Charlotte. That happened in 1980. And guess who it is? Dr. Martin Luther King. She died December 31st in 1995. That was in Pittsburgh. And she was also a teacher, 
a mentor. I want to give a shout out to Miss Selma H. Burke. Thank you. That was a good one. Yeah, I think we forget about when we look at money and designs, architecture, and from things that happened in the 1930s to 2018, we're still looking at who designed this. Nobody takes time to to reboot or rethink or say thank you to these people. That's just my little tidbit. Yes, we have lots of things where we talk about the different hidden figures that we're still discovering to this day behind things that are just monumental. Like she made the bust of the dude featured on the dime. And how many people do that was a black lady? But there are many people of color who have their ideas and their intellectual properties just, you know, they don't have credit for it or the idea was stolen. And the way history has been written in this country, we don't know all of what we're capable of. That's why it's good that we have people who are interested in history, going to school, still studying history, and just who are interested in reading and learning more about where you come from and what comes from who. That's a good thing to say because don't forget, you know, we leave our own history. So sometimes we got to pass things down in our family and let them know the mind is a terrible thing to waste. So don't waste it. Yes. And I have some articles as well today. Um, it's a little depressing, um, upsetting. But um, just an article from CNN covering Jasmine Barnes, seven-year-old girl who was shot and killed during a drive-by shooting. Um, she was in the car with her other three sisters and her mother, LaPortia Washington. They all were um, just leaving the store after going shopping. And the mom recalled just when she heard the first pop of gunfire um, telling all her kids to put their heads down and everything in that terif- terrifying moment. And she put her, the mom put her body over to her oldest daughter who was in the front seat, but you know, three other little girls in the back. Um, another, th- her sisters were also hit, but she, um, Jasmine was the only one that was shot in the head, unfortunately, and died on the scene. Um, but what's really upsetting is the fact that this was just a random act of hate um done upon this family the young girl lost her life just for no reason um it makes no sense it's just a senseless crime but this man this white man um who committed this crime there's been a sketch release and everything and a current manhunt underway to try and locate this man wherever he may be and you know, it's it's this country. It just shows that this country, where we are today, where children still aren't safe. I mean, granted, I don't think children were much more safer any safer back then. But with all that is televised, there we don't see a lot of change happening by way of policies or punishments to prevent this type of things from happening, like gun control and um, just harsher punishments for people who you know, are found to have done crimes like this. Um, What I also think about is that 
the perpetrator is a white man. There's a hunt, manhunt for a white man. Um, how many white men in these communities, you know, fear for their safety, fear being pulled over because they matched the description because he was wearing a hoodie. Um, like how many white people, white men are afraid to wear hoodies or, you know, how many parents are worried that their son, nephew, cousin, whoever could be, you know, mistakenly identified and arrested. Hmm. Um, just how different it would be for someone of color. Um, when we have these things like who pays, who's paying the price for these types of crimes is just the loss of life is senseless. Like, Children just really aren't safe in this country. It's just, it's heartbreaking that this family has had to go through this. Like, it's just random. Right after the holidays. This makes no sense. You know, what makes me upset about this is you're in your own car minding your business. Or you're in your own house minding your business. Or you're just walking minding your business. These taking your own pride away from you. They're shooting you down like you're an animal. You're a target. What kind of what, this is like a killing factor? Something has to stop. These people are sitting into your government. Everybody's making these decisions. You got these. No, nobody's doing their job. That's all I got to say. Nobody's doing their job. Somebody needs to be held accountable. Yes, it was unprovoked, and the suspect has been described as a bearded white male, possibly in his forties. <sighs> just makes no sense. Um. I just hope for peace for the family and all other kids we've lost to since this gunfire, um, whether it be by the hands of police, straight bullet, all kinds of things. Just it's sickening. It really is. Um, but a little light to that news. Um, you were saying what happened? Um, one of the NFL players was donating twenty thousand. To her funeral expense, and shout outs to that, and uh, I wish everybody well. Yes, um, and that they do find who the actual shooter is. If you know something, say something. Even if you got to do it anonymously. And I also have some news about some historic things taking place. Um, this comes from NBC News, a day of historic firsts in Congress. We're talking about the 116th Congress. It's the most diverse in U.S. history. Um, I know you all have seen the different posts and other things going around about the new House members who are breaking ground for women as well as for other minority and LGBTQ groups. So the representation has increased. We have... Um, some just some so many firsts and many of these um congresswomen um are diverse individuals by themselves um many of them wore their native um ceremonial dress they're racially diverse like we said um it's just the beginning i'm excited for what these women will do collectively in in the mix of things, um, because they have, they already, they're all vocal, brilliant individuals all by themselves and together. I know they can start, um, just some of the change in progress we need. 
So we have more than 100 women who were sworn into the House of Representatives. It's a new record, and many of them are breaking ground when it comes to race and sexuality as well. And House Democrats rep voted in Nancy Pelosi um, as a speaker, the only woman to have ever held that role. Um, Nancy Pelosi was quoted as saying, I'm particularly proud to be the woman speaker of the House of this Congress, uh, which marks the 100th year of women winning the right to vote. That's crazy. Y'all hear that? Um, And that we all have the ability and the privilege to serve with more than 100 women in the House of Representatives, the highest number in history, Pelosi said on Thursday. Also in the Senate, um, 10 newly elected senators were sworn in on Thursday, including five women, uh, six women, former Republican rep uh, Martha McSally, who was appointed um, in John McCain's now empty seat. She also joins them. And I know you all have seen the iconic picture of those new women. And it's just, I don't know, it just gives you a whole new energy um, for 2019. Um, just to be first, but to be proud of where you come from. We have our first indigenous women um, in Congress. Our first Muslim woman in Congress. Um, Somali American, and also another first for um, a Palestinian American woman joining. So just many, many, many firsts. I encourage you all to learn more about um, the new women who were um, added to our Congress. Learn about them and how you can support their movements and the movement in general and just be involved more in civic processes um in your local community as well as what's going on in your state and then again what's going on in the country it all matters at each level the same way you, you can get excited about these women joining you can get excited about um first and things you have going on in your community your state um support people who are trying to get there or who are in those positions support them go to different meetings and be vocal yourself start your own movements if you own a business email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com with the subject line business feature to be included in future sweet deep section Now let's get into our main discussion. Today we'll be talking about social media and whether or not it has made the world a smaller place and if that's a good thing for us humans. Um, So, you know, we're thinking like with fast thumbs, there comes great responsibility. What was your line of thinking? Well, I feel that social media has made people less social as a person. We don't have no physical contact. Either we emailing, FaceTiming, texting, we shopping on, you know, eBay or any other kind of shopping website for schools. You know, we don't keep in touch. We don't write letters. We we might send a card or we'll send it over the Internet. We'll tell you what do what. Hit me up on the you know what. Um, we don't talk anymore. 
verbally, except for the FaceTime. And now we even got more new things coming out, like a portal. So yeah. that's good if you're really far away. But I, I don't like it. I like the personal letter or a personal note. Sometimes, you know, it's good to get a little gift, like those edible fruit. Oh, I think we should put our phones down when we have dinner time, special times with our family. And even at church, I see people sending texts. If it's not a major emergency, wait a minute, just pause. Going to the movies, you hear phones going off. You know, I understand if you got a child coming home, you going to work, you got to relay a message. That's good. But we need to learn how to keep in contact a little better. This is making it fast, but it's making it not personal. Uh, we need to learn to, to laugh more, hang around, go to each other physically and visit like we used to. I mean, times are changing, but we're just losing focus on what is really good in life. Yes, I agree with everything you said, but I think that because social media is... um it encompasses so much and it has evolved with us as we evolve over time that we have to consider both the pros and the cons of it as we do whenever we have our main discussions we consider the pros and cons but um a con is really um how it adds to or aids enable us as humans into some of the things that are naturally of us as humans I think um whether it be good or bad cuz you know if you're somebody who just has it in you to want to um share and produce um child porn they do it granted we have the FBI and other entities working on removing that kind of stuff but it still gets on like we have, you know, the dark web, black market, things like that, that take places and crevices and places we, you know, encrypted spots and people still do it. Um, also, it contributes to, you know, we've talked about body dysmorphia, how people view themselves through the lens of Instagram baddies and trying to achieve that that Coke bottle or that whatever shape that's in trend. Um not just the shape, but, you know, face, skin tone, all this kind of stuff, how we have people in other countries who are, um, excuse the term, but this is what they said, nigger fishing, where they would, um, pretending to be black models and getting those gigs and taking those gigs away from black, actual black people, um, and they were actually white saying, you know, they tanned or whatever. It also contributes negatively to people's general like mental health there's so many different um mental places where people are and it doesn't help people um sex trafficking there's so many different negative things that we can bring up about social media and what it does for people um because many of the algorithms and the way these social media platforms are designed are to keep you there and keep you feeling like i need to be leveling up i need to be doing the next big thing, I need to get my name up there and lights with all the likes, hearts, and whatever else. But I don't think we can totally dismiss all the good that we get out of social media, too, because you get to see your big head, little big grandbabies, <laughs> my niece and nephew, um, through different little apps and things where we 
when we aren't physically together. Also, um, you connect with um, Uncle Eddie. Y'all, y'all stay connected through Facebook. I stay connected through Family Up North, um, through Facebook and things like that. Um, even classmates I've had from elementary, bro. Hey, y'all. We're friends on Facebook, and I've known these people since we were kid kids in elementary. Um, just things like that. I, I love that about social media. Um, but like you said, there are things that are also dying too, which is my favorite thing, how millennials are blamed for everything. Um, those different industries, the mall industry dying, the diamond industry dying, and just different things. Because, like, you know, with the ease of Amazon and all these online stores, or stores that used to be brick and mortar, my favorite thing is that, <laughs> talking about how we kill everything. We got no money, so we keep our broke aids home. Yeah, that's, we can talk about this all day. I want for you too. Don't forget buying that stuff from the Wish products. <laughs> you see a dress, you get it. You be like, "What is this? This is a baby doll dress." And then, you know the the bullying. I'm tired of that. You know, it's just so much we can talk about. But social media it does has its perks. You know, you get to see things. Cause I like to cook, and I seen something yesterday. I never tried it. Put mustard on raw chicken and frying it. They say it's supposed to taste good. But hey, who knows about that? But anyway. But some of the social media has really taken out a, a lot of physical contact. And don't forget your loved ones, your your grandparents or somebody who, who can't use this stuff, who can't read or, or, or just don't have time to, you know. I know they got the different, what you call them kind of phones? Not the flip phones, but the grandma. Oh, the jitterbug. The jitterbug. <laughs> Type phone. Yeah. Ones. I'm like, everybody that's not a, a customer or can use it. And you got these. Nasty pedophiles out here. We just got to tighten up on some of our security and they stealing identities, taking your information from, you know, your cryptids, from your IP levels of information. We just got to make sure when we buy these devices, lock, secure them with a good virus so you can be safe. That's all I want everybody to do. Just be safe out here, okay? In the virtual streets, be safe, y'all. Um... I feel like I just came to this conclusion listening to you um, about social media. Um, it really is about the power of story- storytelling um, because on social media, you, whoever is behind the account, gets to create a story and you know, you create a brand, an image behind a story or you tell a story through a string of posts and different things, a string of tweets, you know, um, Twitter stories, you have Twitter think pieces. All kinds of things online where you can, you know, persuade people to do something either way or persuade people to think and feel a certain way. So I think um, a rule of thumb for us in general as we move forward, something to think about is be mindful or just consider. Think about what what story are you telling? That's it. What story are you telling, you know? Um you can you have the option to um invite people in as much as you want or keep people at a distance um we talk about or we hear people talk about how some people's stories are just the highlights you know Gabrielle Union and the way way Gabrielle is really good with her social media about um how much she shows her audience she's been um really vocal about how she's been vulnerable 
especially with um the birth of their new baby and yeah. that process and showing everybody how they're connecting and growing and learning and how she is as being a new mom and um just opening that up to people so it's like how are you going to tell your story what is your story going to do how is it going to inspire people how is it going to challenge people how can your story be a positive force in the world to make these changes to you know get your product your services off the ground whatever you're offering connecting people build a community there's so many different things you can do with your story you just got to know how to craft it um and everybody has a story so don't think that somebody is doing something you want to do there isn't room for you because you know your story is unique to you you just got to choose how you're going to word it be authentic um There's a dude on Facebook who is really good at storytelling. I do not know his name, but you know what he looks like. Um, if you've seen him, um, he tells like different funny little um, stories, people that he comes up with, and it's just funny. Um, I'll probably tag him in the show notes. You can find him on Facebook. But it's, it's room out here for everybody, especially with the change in the economy. It's all about how you can persuade people. So think about it. How are you using your social media platforms to tell a story? The same way we're using Talking Brown Sugar to tell our story. Yes. Talking Brown Sugar, we love to tell stories. Sit back and laugh. That's, it. That's what we do. We tell our story. We're just letting you guys in, telling our story. It's authentic. It's us. We just, you know, invite you all to come on along and laugh and share your stories with us. You all know how to do that. Um, you know how to find us on social media and send out those messages and tell your story. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Brown Sugar. On Twitter at Talking Brown Sugar. That's Talking Brown S U G. Also, you can email us a story if you wanted to. Talking Brown dot Sugar. At gmail.com. Yes. Um, I'm Roger the daughter. I'm Angela the mom. We out.